0: right here we go unoffendable part four say that unoffendable part four all right now we're going to we're gonna start with a bit of story time who want, who's keen for some story time oh before we go to that who likes this new seating arrangement bit different but it's a bit bit chilled feels like we're big and large because we are one youth all right so who has ever been locked out or who has ever been locked in locked in for example out at my house, I don't know if you've ever been to our house, if you have, we've got a toilet, right? Awesome, it's better than going out behind the tree, but um, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So we've got a toilet at our house, and it has had a, a, a track record of locking people in, right? And so uh, it's got a bit of a dodgy handle, and so for us that live there, we know how to get out. And for visitors that come and use a toilet, they get trapped, and it's not cool. Who, isn't is there a TV show a, while, a little while ago called Trapped? And it was like the faker saying, was like, you're trapped. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's about But our toilet was kind of like that TV show. But hey, at least it has a seat, right? At least you can be trapped. But so, so uh, this trapped toilet, um, so some ta- one time this person came over, visited and we won't mention names yet, and uh, they, were, they went to the toilet and then it was a, a little while past and we're like, where's Aaron? he's gone, and, uh, and, and so it was weird, because like, uh, oh, Aaron's gone, and we're like, that's right, he went to the toilet, and so he, he got trapped in the toilet, and he was too too polite to say, help, help, like, because who really wants to be rescued from a toilet, right, no one, and so, yeah, he, he gets trapped in the toilet, and then we had to go rescue him, he was a really patient guy, I know if I was trapped in the toilet, I wouldn't be saying, yeah, this is awesome, but I'd be like, get me out of here, but so, um. But yeah, getting trapped is horrible, right? Getting locked in is horrible. And there's another story I got when I've got locked out of somewhere. And so me, Carlos and Sam, give us a wave, Carlos and Sam. We're at the Youth Alive Leaders Gathering because we were developing ourselves. And as um, Pastor Darrell talked this morning about preparation and being prepared, we're preparing ourselves for our futures. And so we're at this Youth Alive Leaders Gathering and we came home on the Saturday night and so we dropped Sam off at the airport so he could drive home. And then Carlos drove, dropped me off and the lights were on. I'm like, sweet, the lights were on. Thank you, sisters. The lights were on. And so I thought, I'll just go and knock on the house. No one's home. Every door's locked for once. And so the one time they lock every door, so I'm like, and so obviously I've been in Adelaide, so my keys are inside the house. So I don't have my keys on me. And I'm like, okay, um, I'll, I know, I'll get the spare key. That's right. I live with sisters who didn't put the scare key away. So I'm locked out the house. And it's like, so it's about 9 o'clock at night. It's freezing cold. It starts to rain. And so I'm like, I was almost tempted to undo my swag and just go on my swag on the deck because it's so cold. And so I rang up Carmel. She came to the rescue and got me in the house. And so obviously it's getting locked in or locked out is horrible, right? And so what's this all got to anything? Proverbs eighteen nineteen. Taking notes. Proverbs eighteen nineteen. This is what it says. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like gate locked with bars. Hmm. And so just like our toilet, just like my house either locked someone in or locked someone out, I believe when we have an offence and we have arguments, that separates us like being locked out of a building. And so just like when it was cold at home and I was locked out, I wanted to be inside the house. When we have have a fence and we have things like that, it separates us from being and doing what we want to be doing and being, right? We cool with that? Hello, anyone there? Yes, exactly, good stuff. And so, uh, next uh, part of this is, so, um, the title of tonight's message is Offense, Offense. Say that, Offense, Offense. Say that again, Offense, Offense. Now, um, who's seen Madagascar 2 or Madagascar Escape to Africa? Classic movie, anyone seen that? All right, and then so there was this hippo on there called Moto Moto or Moto Moto, depending on your pronunciation, right? Like, I like them big, I like them chunky, <laughs> and all that song. So we know the hippo, right? And so he, um, and what's his, his name is Moto Moto, and so in Swahili, which is an uh, Eastern African language, that means hot, hot. And so this hippo's name is Hot, Hot. Now, when we say an offence, offence, we're not saying like hot, hot, because offence is not hot, hot. Right? We get... This is so... It's actually a sentence. Saying offense, offense is actually like a sentence because offense has many meanings. And so what I'm saying when we're saying offense, offense... So you say offense, offense. Offense, offense. offense. Offense, offense. What we're saying is how do we attack offense? Right? Because offense is attack. And so what we're going to be talking about tonight is how do we attack offense? How do we attack the things that offend us? Right? We're cool with that? So say offense, offense. Offense, offense. How do we attack offendedness? Right? (laughs) So, um... Yeah, it's not the. And then the other thing, I was going to show that as well. It's so funny when he goes, like, it's like Gloria sitting there with those other hippos, and it's like, Moto oh, Moto likes you. And it's like, he does his big, like, doing this. And, that. and he's always, um, uh, that's why he goes, it's so good, you say it twice. And he's like, this. Um, and he can't, like, he's got three fingers up. But uh, yeah, so um, it, offense, offense is not so nice, we say it twice. We're going to be talking about how. To offense against offense. So how to attack and kill and destroy offense in the lives. Cool? We're cool for that. So i got a friend called Dale Munyard. And he was at my old school. Who's ever met Dale Munyard? Exactly. But if you're listening to the podcast, Dale, you're famous here and you'll always be remembered. And so this is, this is a quote that my friend Dale had. The best defense is a good offense. Say that. The best defense is a good offense. And so we would play a lot of games. So whether that's Age of Empires, who loves Age of Empires? Whether that was risk, whether that was any kind of board game or computer PC game, whatever it was, he would always have this quote: "The best defense is a good offense." And so, what his theory was, um, so like whether it's like say risk or like these are war games and like um, Age of Empires kind of like a war game, he said he'd rather than defending, he'd think his thing was if I attack so good, I won't have to worry about defending. And so his thing was like, okay, if I attack someone, I want to attack them so badly that them rather than think, oh well we'll just attack back, they're going, you know what, no, we've got to defend because they're attacking me so good. And so his theory was um yeah, don't worry about defending, just attack, attack, attack and make the attack so powerful that nothing can so you don't have to worry about defending, all right? So the best defense is a good um the best defence is a good offence. And so now let's look at who plays netball, who plays soccer footy. So if um can I grab can I grab Pete? Just Pete come down here and I'll get him for an illustration. Uh you play netball don't you Charlotte? Yep, can I borrow you from the illustration as well? Just grab the offering bucket. Oh no, actually, just grab, grab that blue ball for us, um, Charlotte. So first of all, Pete, we'll get you that ball and this will be a representation. Act like that's a blown up basketball. I um, mean, it's basketball. You don't play basketball, you play soccer. Act as if this is a soccer ball, right, Pete? Right, so that's a soccer ball, yeah? It's a soccer ball, it's not what it is. But, so if you're playing soccer, so if you've got the ball at your feet, you're attacking, right? If you're attacking, you don't have a set shot and goal, you don't have to defend, do you? You're attacking. So if you're shooting a goal, you don't have to defend because you're shooting a goal, right? We agree with that. When you're attacking, you don't need to defend. So if you got the ball, you don't have to tackle me because you got the ball. Because you're attacking, right? Sweet. We got that? All right, now let's go to netball because it could be different for netball. If you got the netball, like netball, yep. Now you're in goal shooter, right? And so you're having a, you're whatever the, the weird, that's like more like this, sorry? Like that, right? So you're having your shot. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I saw on the whole, one leg, other leg up so you get closer. Um, so when you got, if you're having a shot, like you don't have to defend, do you? Because you're attacking, you're having a shot, right? Agree? yep. So when we attack, we don't have to defend. We cool for that? Thanks for the, for the, the analogy, guys. Yeah, you can hold the ball. But so thanks, Pete. Thanks, Charlotte. Give them a clap. And so, so when we're saying offence, offence... When we're saying attack, offense, or whatever it is, Dale Magnard tells us that when the best defense is a good, the best defense is a good offense. Just like sports, when you have the ball, you don't have to defend because you got the ball. You are the one attacking, and it's just like that with our lives. When if we have a good attack, we don't have to worry about defending. Right? Cool. Very. I'm glad you you understand that. All right. So last week we looked at Joshua 10. Right? Remember that? And, we, and so that was talking about the sun standing still. Yeah, remember? Cool. And Ephesians 4, and that was don't let the sun go down while we're still so angry, right? And so uh, what we, talk, we talked about was that, uh, and so like, how do we let the, let the sun, oh, and that's right. And so don't let the sun go down while we're angry, because if we do, then the devil will have a button to press and control us, right? That's what the main thing was. Not a belly button, but a button of anger, And so he didn't have a, we all got the belly button, but the devil doesn't want to press that. He wants to press the button of anger, which will will be not cool. But, uh, so Joshua was at war and prayed for the day to be increased so that he could have victory over all his enemies. So, right? And And then, so we said then, we need to pray and believe that God can defeat the enemies in our lives so that we can have peace and not give in to the, into the devil and so that he will have control over our lives and so we've got to believe that you know what god you're going to uh defeat the um unoffendableness in our our lives you're going to be every def- um offense and it's twins and it's bros like envy gossip all those things that can be buttons we got to believe you know what god we believe that the sun can stand still in a sense that we can go to bed with peace we can go to bed calm we can go to bed without those things controlling our lives cool Yep. And that's, I hope you remember that. And so, but then in my fir- who remembers the first week of unoffendable? Who remembers that? And then we, um, we looked at two dudes, remember? Two dudes. It was King Saul and David, right? We looked at those two dudes. And so we're going to quickly look at, back at that. But before, I'm just going to read that Proverbs 18:19 again, and it said this, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city arguments separate friends like gate locked with bars and so what we saw with those two blokes or those two dudes King Saul and David they got separated because of an offense and they was yeah they were separated and the argument split them up right right so 1 Samuel 18 six to 8 what was that 1 Samuel 18 six to 8 and so we're going to read that again when who's ready to repeat some stuff When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Goliath, um, women, say women, Women. from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced. Whoop, whoop. Go around and do a bit of a dance. A bit of a dance. All right. For joy. Joy. Uh, With tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said? They credit David with his ten thousands and me only thousands. Next, i will be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. He had a button of anger, right? Not cool. Then the next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and he began to, ha- to rave in his house <laughs> like a madman. Who has a, a mum or dad that raves around the house and angry? So that's kind of like, kind of picture King Saul on that person and that's what it was like. It was raging around. Or, or who's seen like when their parents go like OP, so overpowered and like doing a job. It's like you just see them they're like ironing and you're like fire out. I don't know how you do that. Well, Keep going. So that was, King Saul was, was like OP mad ways. And he suddenly, and then, so wait, um, David was playing his harp. Like that, playing his harp or something. As he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand and he suddenly held it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. That would be horrible. But David escaped him twice. So, twice he tried to get pinned to a wall. Who's ever been pinned to a wall? I never have. I've never had anything pin me to a wall, and by the grace of God, that will never happen. Right? But so, 1 Samuel 18.7 7 in that song. Now, uh, I try. Now, you remember the first week we talked about it? I tried to get an app to sing it for me. I told it was, it was an epic fail. Yeah? Anyone here? Yep, well, I tried to get that song played by an app so it could sing it to us so we could hear what it sounded like back in their day, but it was an epic fail. But tonight's the night. Go to screens, and this is... Oh, wait, wait, before I do, the app, to give it all its credit, is called Ditty App. And so it was on my phone. I made these on my phone through the app. And so this is what that song would have sounded like. All right, can we just like boost the music up for the next one? So that could have been it, but I like the second version better. So you go to the second song, and it's the same song, different music, which I think it would have been more like this. 10%. All right, now let's do that again, and let's all be joyful dancing like in the scripture there. All right, go, hit that again, let's all dance. Come song on, stand up. Is asking, is asking, is asking, is asking. So there we go. That's the song they sang. Right here we go, because it sounded like that. So, every time I read that from now on, I'm going to be like, So, has killed his um, But, okay, let's keep going, yeah? Yeah, let's keep going. And so, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4, says this. Mighty, uh, no, it doesn't say that. We are human. We are human, right? Hello. Everyone's there. We are human, yes. But we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Say, mighty weapons. Boom, Dustin Troy. We use mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. (coughs) Offense. All right? And so other translations will often say this. So you might have heard these around church circles like this. Um, uh, Our weapons are not carnal, so flesh and blood, um, but are divinely powerful for destruction of fortress. Right? And so if offense is like a locked fortress, our weapons from heaven can remove them. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so uh, with that, we're going to keep that in our mind that the weapons of heaven that are in our lives are powerful destroy offense. Pretty much. And so, as we, we're going to read a few more stories from King Saul, especially, and see how that relates to that and how that relates to us. Cool? And so, before we go into it, twice this happens. And so, often the Bible we can see a situation that happens once, but obviously, when we see and it related the same people in the same group and it happened more than once, I think it's it's a cool thing because we can, the Bible's sort of principles and concepts and stuff, but when something happens twice like this or multiple times, we go, you know what? This isn't just a a kind of a principle. This is a, a legit thing and it, it helps us go, you know what, we've got to apply this and really understand this because if it happened twice in the Bible, it can happen twice and three hundred times in others. yeah? So um, open up your Bible to 1 Samuel and we're going to look at a few different parts of there. And so for a bit of context, so we're going to look at 1 Samuel 10, 9 to 11. And so the context for this is, this was before King Saul was king. So it was before King Saul was king. So it was Saul, not king, right? And uh, it was before he ever met David, right? And so 1 Samuel 10, 9 to 11 says this. As Saul turned and started to leave, so he turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. Say new heart. New heart. Who wants a new heart? I like mine, but it's talking about your character rather than, and your motives rather than your, 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 your ticker. And all Saul's signs were fulfilled that day. Uh, Samuel, sorry, signs are that day. When Saul and his servants arrived at Gibbeth, they saw a group of prophets coming towards them. Say, a group of prophets. Say, coming towards us. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Saul heard about it, they exclaimed, What? What? Is even Saul a prophet? How did the son of Kish become a prophet? Hmm. Interesting one, and so um, two things there we notice. There's are walking somewhere. This this mob, the boys, the group of prophets came and who prophet, prophets prophesy. Now we can ask questions. It's a good question: What's prophecy? And so it's a mouth out, and it's speaking of what God wants us to speak. And so sometimes you can even hear things about like say words of knowledge. Words of knowledge is kind of like prophecy, but a bit different. But still, it's more thing when we're speaking stuff from God that people don't know naturally. And so uh, that's what prophecy is. And so we can, putting that onto our shoulders, we can be like a group of prophets. And so the proof of the group of prophets were godly people. They were, um, and they had the spirit of God upon them. And when they went to Saul, the spirit of God came upon him. Keep that in mind. So the next one is in 1 Samuel 19, 11 to 23. And so some context for this. So we know who Michael is. It's a chick. So Michael... My girl. So that's Saul's daughter, and basically, uh, so this is when King, when Saul is now king, and he uh, he wanted to kill David because we saw we read before that he had a jealous eye, and we heard the cool song beat before and we were dancing to it, and he thought, you know what, I'm going to kill David, and I'm going to do that by putting up this challenge to kill him. So he we're going to say, David, kill these people. If you kill all these people, sweet, you can have my daughter as your wife. And but his real attention was David's on a diet and not Mario. But David blitzed it, slayed it, was OP, and just killed all these bad guys and um, these bad dudes. And one and so we'll go there. One Samuel 19, 11 to twenty three. Who's got that in their Bible? Who, who's ripped that out of their Bible? That's not cool. Get a refund. So uh, we'll go to that right now. Quality water. Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. There, They were told to kill David when he came out the next morning. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead by morning. That's not cool. So she helped him climb out through a window and he fled and escaped. Then she took an idol and put in his bed, covering it with blankets, and put a cushion of goat hair at his head. That's pretty funny, I think. We've seen all the movies where it's like people got to escape and they put like, something in the, in the blanket, then they put a bit of hair on their head. It's like, oh, he's asleep, but it was a fake. And so he, it's in the Bible first. Everyone copied the Bible. When a troop came to arrest David, she told him he was sick and couldn't get out of bed. Yeah, I can, I can understand why. And Saul sent his troops back to, to get David. He ordered, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. But when they went, they came to carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol in the bed with a cushion of goat's hair at its head. Who's ever slept on a cushion of goat's hair? I never have, and I think it must be uncomfortable because that's why I haven't. <laughs> right, um, uh, why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape, so demanded of Michael. And so I'm sure, who's ever been told off by their parents? And then when you have a friend that your parents tell off, they never tell them off the same. And so I believe... That de- that tell-off would have been huge because it's like you have that close relationship. Uh, but where were you we there? Oh, so I then, uh, de- Saul demanded of Michael. I had to, Michael replied. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. Liar! So David escaped and went to Ramah to see Samuel. And he told him all that Saul had done to him. Then Samuel took David with him to live at Naoth. When the report reached Saul that, uh, that, Saul that David was at Naoth in Ramah, he sent troops to capture him. But when they arrived and saw Samuel leading a group of prophets who were prophesying the spirit of Gamer came the spirit of God came upon Saul's men, say Saul's men, and they began to prophesy. When Saul heard what had happened, he sent another he sent other troops. So hold up one finger. Right, so hold that up. Then when Saul heard that what had happened, he sent other troops, and they too prophesied. Put up two fingers. Look, you're doing it all good. Good participation. Uh, The same thing happened a third time. Hold up three fingers. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah and arrived at a great wall in the Seku where Samuel and David, um, he demanded. They are at in Ramah somewhere, someone told him. But on the way, keep those three fingers holding up, but on the way to that place in Ramah, the Spirit of God came Upon, even upon Samuel, uh, Saul sorry, and he too began to prophesy all the way to that town. He tore off his clothes and, and lay naked on the ground this is not g-rated, that's not cool all day, all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. the people who were watching exclaimed, "What is even Saul a prophet? Uh, is even Saul a naked prophet?" So we got our three fingers up, but we remember there was one time before So that's four. Then there was one time after five. So we see here five times where there's a group of prophets full of the Holy Spirit where either Saul or his buddies, his crew, go and start prophesying. Is right, right? So say five. 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 And so five obviously stands for multiple. Now, um, I'll just quickly, we can go like, okay, so does that mean the Spirit doesn't fill me unless I get naked? No. Because we saw there four times no one got naked, right? It was only the fifth. So if the spirit of God comes to you at home and get naked, sweet, do it at home. Don't do it at church. Please don't do it at church. And, but honestly, this is another point. This is not my message. This is a sidetrack. I can't tell you the exact Bible verse off the top of my head, but the Bible says, now you can put your hand out, Peter. sweet." But um, the Bible says that, uh, even and it's talking about prophecy as well, uh, God is the God of order, not disorder. And so they were saying, like you actually have control over your body. And so if you're prophesying, you're not going to lose it just like that. God's a God of order, and he'd rather have one person prophesy at a time, and then you can wait your turn. And so I believe that um, God is a God of G-ratedness as well, and so you can control making yourself naked or not, right? We're cool for that? So don't come to youth naked next week saying, oh, Josh preached about that, because um, that will not be cool. There will be serious repercussions. Okay. Um, but so, uh, and so obviously, uh, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will change, right? Because we saw in the first situation, Saul's heart changed. They so bump the person next to you and say, your heart will change. Your heart will change. Your heart will change. Your heart will change. <laughs> and so going back to the, the, that prophet, as we t- I said before, the pro- this group of prophets were represented godly people, spirit-filled people, and I believe one youth has to be represent that group of prophets, we've got to be a godly person, spirit-filled. Bunch, bump the person next to you and say, you've got to be spirit-filled. And say it like you mean it, you've got to be spirit-filled. And so uh, I believe that um, when when we, we we see stuff like that, you know, when we worship at youth, when we praise, and we're going to have a bit of a praise a bit later and a bit of worship a bit later, but when we worship, you've got to be intentional in your worship. you got to be on, you've got to go, you know what? This isn't just about me. This isn't just about God. This is about the others. Because just like we saw that group of prophets, when they were all spirit filled, when they were like, you know what? We're here, for, we're here for God, we're here for each other. When they had that kind of a spirit, when they had that kind of atmosphere, the random, so let's just say you're the group of prophets, you're spirit filled, you're like Jesus, whoop whoop. You're singing, Soul is killed, is whatever the song is. When you're all pumping and, and going for it, when I, this not cool heart soul, comes in, I'll come in, you know what? I connect with you, and because of what you're doing, that comes onto to me, right? And we can honestly not neglect worship, we cannot neglect praise we cannot neglect everything that we do together because when the random comes in when this nobody comes in i believe and i believe that we're going to see it more and more in one youth and we'll see testimonies where people go you know what i just came to this place i don't know what came upon me but i just had things drop off my heart i had offenses leave i had bitterness leave i i used to hate my parents i love my parents I used to not want to have a job, but now I want to have a, have a job. I never wanted to finish school. Now I want to finish school. And I believe when we, we have that spirit, when we go, you know what, God, we lift you up. We do not neglect this opportunity. And we have a spirit like that group of prophets. When we truly represent God, when people will come in, they'll be changed, right? He believes of that? Yeah, that's it. And so... Uh, uh, and the fortification of king saul's life is broken and i believe we can break the 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 things that can cause people to be destroyed and, and another thing there we saw in the proverbs just like offense separates close friends i believe that we can see through the worship that we can see people's lives completely change king saul came to kill david right he and he sent men to kill david but in the presence of the prophets that that was lost, that was gone. And so I believe we can have people coming to you going, you know what, I'm going to attack Jazlyn, I'm going to tell Leanna how it is, I'm going to tell Leah how it is, or I'm going to get into Derek. But you know what, when they come in the presence of God, because we, we're carrying his presence, they're going to go, you know what, woo, Jesus is good. And we've got to see that more and more. But now this Bible verse is random. So this is random. So Romans two twenty eight to 29. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents all because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. Who knows what circumcision is? circumcision is? How do we pronounce it? We won't go there. No, a true Jew is the one whose heart is right with God. Mm, there we go, heart right with God. And true circumcision is not what happens to a man, merely obeying, sorry, merely obeying the letter of law. Rather, it is a changed of heart produced by the Spirit, right? And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God not from people, mm. and so again we're talking about a heart. We're talking about when the spirit comes upon us, and so when we hear this change, uh, what is it? The uh, you seek praise from God, not from people. And I believe when we live in the offense game, we're too broke. What does Yana think about me? What does Claire got it right? What does Claire think about me? What does Luke think about me? When we live in a life, and oh then I go, oh, Leanna told me I preach too fast, and I get offence. Why am I living to please Leanna? No, I'm living to please God, and when I have a change of heart, when I'm not living about how good I am, when I let the Holy Spirit come upon me, I go, you know what God, I'm just a vessel for you, I'm just going to do what I do for you, and so we've got to go, you know what God, give us a new heart, we want your Spirit upon us in a way that we leave never the same, yeah? Yeah. And so again, there, when we have a change of heart, if you're taking notes like that, we're going to seek praise from God, not from people, and that's Young person, if you can get anything out of tonight, remember that. Seek praise from God, not from man. Because if you're seeking praise from man, you're always going to be in a mess. But Acts 2, uh, 1 to 4, we're going to read that. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Acts 2, 1 to 4, and we're going to talk about the spirit a bit more. And this is what this says. On the day of Pentecost, say Pentecost. What does Pentecost mean? 50 days after Jesus' death. There you go, you learned something. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Say one place. Say One Heart Church. We all met in one heart church at one youth. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. Psh, like a rocket almost. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared on their heads. Psh, like my hair at the moment. Um, really dodgy. <laughs> but, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, um... Some interesting stuff in that. But what did we see with King Saul and those men when the Spirit came upon them? They started to prophesy. Their mouth started happening, right? There's something happened with their voice. I believe, and so just like we saw there, when that when that group of guys in the Pentecost, when the Spirit came upon them, what happened? Something happened to their mouths. They started to to speak in other other languages and other tongues and we could call that the heavenly prayer language and I honestly believe when the Holy Spirit comes upon us there's something changing us and we're going to start speaking differently and I also believe in speaking in tongues and I believe as we talked about before that the weapons that we've war with are not carnal the weapons we we fight with are mighty to destroy offenses when we go when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit when we let him come upon us and change our hearts and we pray in tongues I believe no offense can live in your life I believe that that thing the more the Holy Spirit comes in, in you and you start speaking that out the more those things in your heart change right we're cool for that yeah. and so Pastor Rob says the most Pentecostal thing we can do is be in unity and obviously if the Spirit comes upon us and in us we're not going to be divided if we if we're speaking in tongues and going God we believe that and whatever you're speaking in tongues and you're letting fence go out you're not we're going to be in unity we're not going to be divided because we go you know what that's gone because the Spirit's come in cool um uh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Um, and so, if if you tell me you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit and you're spirit filled, is it we can be baptised, but then and then you cannot be spirit filled still? I believe that wholeheartedly. If you then tell me that you're offended at someone, I'm going to doubt you've been you're filled with the Spirit, because I believe when we're filled with the Spirit, when we go, you know what, God, come in and change our hearts, and help us be unoffendable. We will be. So then if you're telling me, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm spirit-filled, but then I hate Mariah or, or oh, Sean, oh, geez, he stinks or something, um, uh, we go, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know what, I don't believe that you're spirit-filled, and we go, God, come upon us in a way that we're unoffendable, that we're united. Cool? So Romans 8, 26 27, another Bible verse. Woo! And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings and that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And again, when I'm offended and I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, bitter, all the things that I can be in life, I, I can tell you there's times in life where I'll go, you know what, I've got nothing to pray for. I'm ungrateful, I'm, I've got a stinky attitude, and I'm just like, this horrible, but i got to go, you know what? I don't have anything naturally good to pray for. That's why I've got to go, Holy Spirit, I've got to pray in my heavenly language. You go, you know what, because I know those, I may not understand what I'm saying, but God does, and I'm allowing the Spirit to come and fill me, change my heart so that those offences can go. Cool? Yeah. And so we've got, to, we've got to go, you know what, this is a weapon. We're not going to neglect, neglect this weapon because the best defense is a good offense. And we've got to offense, offense. Say offense, offense again. Yes. Offense, offense. It's a funny one, but it's a sentence. Offense, offense and so then and then we've heard this one before Luke 9 55 and we're going to read it from two translations AMP and New King James but he turned to them and rebuked them and he said you do not know what kind of spirit you are and then the other one was you don't know what manner of spirit you are of and so that's a question ask the person next to you what kind of spirit are you of ask the person next to you what kind of spirit are you of podcast listener what kind of spirit are you of and so for, for us, we've got to honestly ask ourselves, what kind of spirit are we of? Because if we've got a changed heart, we've got, a spirit, we've got the, the spirit of God in us, we'll be unoffendable, we won't let things get to us, but when we, when we just let the spirit of life get on us, like King Saul, we're going to be doing dodgy things and bad things are going to happen, yeah? And so I, I, I'm going to go back to this. You, tell the person next to you, you need a passion. Need a passion. You, tell them you need a desire. You need faith. You need to be intentional. You need to be specific. And as I, as I said at the start, Pastor Darrell so greatly this morning talked about being prepared and he was saying that, for example, let's just go footy or netball. If you want to be the captain, you don't start leading when you get the job, you won't get the job. You've got to be leading before the, you get the job to be prepared, prepared. If you want to be unoffendable, you're not just going to be unoffendable. You've got to prepare yourself. You've got to get better. You've got to go, God, we're going to pray. We're going to believe that our hearts can change. And so um, don't live your life just, yeah. No, you got to go, you know what, God, we're going to pray. We're going to believe there's going to be change. And with youth, we can go, oh, yeah, we'll start praying when we start having new people come. No, no, we've got to have a different spirit now. We've got to be the group of prophets now so that when people come in, they're going to change, right? Uh, we but, Hey, Sam, just come up now. Um, and so I was talking to Leanna this week, well, Leanna, and so she was just talking to me about things that she's struggling with in life and school and, and things that can frustrate her. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but you, like people like Leanna, we've got to go, you know what, Leanna, we're going to have a passion, we're going to have a desire to start praying for these issues. And so, for example, one of her issues is she goes to a Christian school and the teachers aren't being very Christian. And she goes, that can be so frustrating. It's like... They they talk dodgy. But you know what? Leanna's got to get a passion. And we've got to get a passion. We're going to go, you know what? We're going to see those che- teachers change. That the spirit on Leanna, the spirit of the rest of her in our class of us, one youth, when we get around that teacher, they're going to change. Because the spirit on us is hitting them, right? We've got to believe that. And we got to go, you know what? I'm going to be, the more I connect to God, the more I'm going to see them change. The more I'm going to see difference in their lives. Um, same with our family members. All those things. We've got to go, you know what? I'm not just going to... Wait until later for them to be changed. No, no, I've got a desire now to see them change. I've got a dream now to see them change. And we've got, got to get a burden fill us for that. Um, uh, and so I don't like talking about the devil much because like, this is just my uh, opinion of preaching. If you're ever going to preach, here you go, you know my heart. I don't like talking about the devil much for the sake that he's defeated. He's, he's, he's nothing, nothing. Every time we preach about him, we give him more credit than he deserves. But the truth is, the devil is alive. Uh, he's defeated, so he's defeated, but he's not dead. He's defeated, but he's not dead. And so we we still got to know when we're offended, when we have those things like the buttons in our lives, not a belly button, button of anger, button of jealousy, things that he can press, he will press to sidetrack us. And I even heard that this, this is another side note as well, I heard this today, hell was not made for humans, hell was made for Satan, and he's wanting to get everyone he can to go to hell. But we weren't designed for help. But we got to go. You know what, God? We're going to be unoffendable. We're going to be intentional. We're going to praise God in a way that there's no way He can have any grip on our lives. And so, as we said, Jesus has won the battle. He's got the the weapons in heaven for us. And so, right now, we're going to sing a song. Um, um, and going. You know, and so we're going to declare. Let's just all just stand. We're going to, um, so yeah, the devil, he wants to so attract us and use whatever he can to get us away from God. But we're going to believe, you're not know God. Uh, uh, we're going to be intentional about this. We're going to be specific. We're not going to let some dumb offense rule our lives. We're going to control it and let the Holy Spirit come upon us in a new way, yeah? And so we're going to sing a song that we've never sung before. That's cool. So you know, it's Beth and Jimmy, our music directors. This is a song that's best written, and we're just going to sing the bridge from it. And I believe that it's just going it's got words that really talk about what we're singing tonight. So Sam's just going to lead us with that. Um, and that will be cool. So who's cool for that? We're going to sing a bit of song. And after that, we're going to have all the band come up. We're going to do a quick praise song. And we're going to believe that we have a spirit of prophets on us so that we can have people coming in and change, right? Yeah. And when we worship now, when we, we praise later, can we not be offended by the people around us and seek praise from God, not from man? Can we worship God in that way? Can we worship God now and go, you know what, God? We're going to put away every distraction because what we worship now changes the people around us. How we worship now, I might not feel anything, but the person next to me might be getting touched because of what I'm doing, from what I'm pressing through. So are we cool with that? Let's go, let's go.